Hey y'all, welcome to Couture Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Steele. Today, I have Alexis Fox from Shop the Muse on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk with you and dive into what prompted you to start this incredible company and why you started it to begin with. So Alexis, welcome to Couture Conversations. I'm so excited to get started with the conversation this morning. How are you? I'm doing great. So happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we got connected. I'm I'm so excited to have our conversation too. Awesome. Yeah. So, so thank you so much for coming. And I was excited to talk to you because I haven't run into a website or a company that specializes in what you're doing. So for anyone listening, would love to hear a little bit about Shop the Muse and what was it that, you know, drove you to start something so incredibly cool? Yeah, absolutely. So the Muse is an e-commerce marketplace for women-owned businesses. So we feature products exclusively by female founders. Um, I think this year, especially, we've seen a lot of rise in those niche e-commerce marketplaces, especially in sustainability and like the Black-owned business space. However, it was surprising to me to find that there was no other women-only space. Seemed like a um, surprisingly overlooked category, maybe, or group. Uh, luckily for me, that was, you know, a pretty good intersection of my my skill set, which I was already working on some e-commerce dropshipping uh, stuff on the side. So this was kind of a natural progression. I've always been a huge fan of women, of course, supporting them and small businesses. I just know how much, especially a product-based business goes into it. So if I could take a business that's already doing well and help them do even better, that's uh, my goal, what I, what I hope to do. Yeah. Incredible. You know, it is so important to elevate and uplift women in this space. You know, we account for such a low percentage of e-commerce sales every year, and it's exciting to have a platform to elevate them, to elevate their brand, elevate their mission. And like you said, give another avenue to drive their sales for them. I mean, it's also why I started my company too. Did you have like an aha moment or a time where you said to yourself, I have to do this. Definitely. There was definitely a moment. I had met someone, which is probably my biggest recommendation to anyone who is interested is just join some groups, networking, just talking to other people who are interested in this space as well. I met someone through a female founded group and we met up in person and had coffee. And at that point, I was fully focused on my e-commerce dropshipping website. But in the back of my mind, I had this entire business plan set out for how I would be supporting small women-owned small businesses. And so in my mind, I was working on two tracks, which was exhausting. And uh, once I had that conversation, she was like, I don't know why you're spending so much time on the dropshipping thing when you clearly are so passionate. I was almost just doing that so that I could work on something that I was really interested in, obviously this other space. It was scary because I felt like the dropshipping world was a little, little bit more secure. There was a little more of a strategic path. I was already starting to see some success there but I wasn't necessarily feeling fulfilled about it. It wasn't something I was extremely proud of. I still had that philanthropic wanting to help people in me and that just wasn't doing it. So it seemed like a natural progression. When you say leaving a secure job, I feel like you're speaking to every single, like not just female founder, but founder in general. 
I completely relate. You know, when I was leaving my comfortable, cushy, super stable, amazing health benefits job, I was so scared to leave that to jump full force into a passion project, which what it was in the beginning, to not have that security blanket of that steady, you know, paycheck and have that steady increase in sales, having a team to support you. It's a totally different shift and it is scary. So I just wanted to validate that if anyone is thinking about starting something more often than not, you have something going on that you have to slowly but surely pull back from in order to sustain that trajectory of where you want your business to go. Because as much as we would love to have money grow on trees, it doesn't. And we all have to have something to support us in the beginning. And I think that that's so great. You bring that to light. What type of drop shipping were were you working in before you got started with, with the shop, the muse? I feel like dropshipping kind of works based on like trending products. So I was mostly focusing on like home office goods and like tech related products. Taught me a lot about what I needed to to get to where I am right now. So many of those skills translated. I think dropshipping is an incredible introduction to entrepreneurship. Some people do absolutely fantastically with their businesses in it. But as like just a preview to what you need to keep in mind and things like that, it, it was great in that way. It all leads us, everything that we do with our careers or what we choose to do professionally, even in our personal life, leads us to what we're really meant to be doing and what we're truly passionate about. I'm a firm believer in it. And we're the crazy people who just (laughs) go for it. And we're like, okay, forget it. Failing is not an option. This is going to be successful. It's a really cool idea. And in its essence, Shop the Muse is an incredible e-commerce. I keep when I, when anybody asks me about, oh, what is this? You know, I keep I see you keep liking these posts. What is this company? And I just say it is a the online version of if you were to walk into a massive store that offer all these different things, and it's one place to hold all of them to drive more sales, and they all have their own websites. But it is amazing to have it all in one place because. I'm, I just, I just love it. So, so when you're designing and and creating this, walk us through some of the hurdles you faced or just some of the things that you were like, I can't believe that was actually something (laughs) that came up. If something comes to mind. Just in general, this, this year um, I left, I left my job at Deloitte. I was working in um, big force consulting after college for a few years so I totally relate with the having, I, that was my dream job. I traveled, I got all of the things that I wanted. COVID hit and I was part of that like mass resignation generation that just burned out. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I struggle with. And probably most people who are listening and also our founders struggle with as well. We're very like go-getter type A, I can do everything myself. And I'll, I will do that to the point of exhaustion. So I think this year has been me really trying to balance working on the business, taking time away from it as well, especially when it is your own thing. It's easy just to want to do it all day, every day. I do think that does lead to a little bit of like tunnel vision, at least for me, where I end up making like spending hours on something that might not have been the priority or I could have maybe taken a step back and it been a different path. Yeah. So many little things have come up. I guess, honestly, the biggest thing that I will also say is just patience. I don't know if there's necessarily, I've had like little hurdles with my team, but they've really been excellent. So nothing crazy has, you know, dramatically halted us yet, but 
I think I'm just constantly impatient with wanting things to be done faster than they are and thinking that it will happen so quickly. And then it obviously takes a lot more, more than you think. So I think that's, that's something to just anticipate. And like we were mentioning about having that secure job and maybe wanting to take the leap like we did and just go all in, it is really important to have something to support you so that you, you aren't so stressed in trying to make this happen immediately. I don't think that's where you get the best results and things like that. So probably where, where I've been putting a lot of my, my efforts this year. I'm similar to you in the fact where I like things to happen immediately. I'm like, why didn't this generate what I wanted it to generate immediately? You have to be so patient in entrepreneurship. I think patience is something that all of our, we're creatives. And so when we're thinking creatively, we can just put pen to paper and write it out. And there's the idea, poof, it happens. But in business, oh my gosh, every founder, every female founder that I talk to has these little golden pieces of like wisdom that in the first couple of years of starting a business, these things are so relevant in our brains because we're working through them every single day. It's like, okay, well, that marketing campaign that I did, we're probably not going to see the results for about a month into it, if that. It's setting almost like, do you feel like it's like setting expectations with ourselves? I think similarly to how we mentioned before, those stepping stones lead you to where you're supposed to be. I am so determined to get to my end goal of what my dream life looks like that I don't really care how long it takes or what pivots are necessary. I absolutely love the muse, but this is probably like my sixth pivot of entrepreneurial, you know, um, journey. So I don't think, and even if so, something better came up that would better support these small business owners, I would do that, follow that. That's ultimately what I want to do is um, support them and succeed. So, and watch them succeed as well. Something else comes up, I'll, I'll pivot again. So I do think it's, it's, almost setting realistic expectations, but also allowing yourself the freedom and flexibility to explore different options. Something that I think I've done that is pretty unique maybe, and it might be probably the comment that I get the most of. I left my job at Deloitte, was working on this, obviously um, pretty much full-time, but I did go back to my restaurant job, like part-time throughout the year, which was a huge transition and a lot of like one that many people didn't understand to be doing that in my hometown was interesting. First, I think that's kind of inevitable in needing to do thing, whatever you need to do to get your business off the ground. If someone is listening that is in that same boat, good for you. That's amazing. Me working in the restaurant allowed me plenty of money, time, freedom, and it was enjoyable for me in order to uh, work on my other stuff. So I know it can be a little tough to maybe take that step back, but it, it ultimately is all all for end goal in mind. You bring up such a, a great, so many great points. And the, I want to focus on just two of these many amazing points. One, there's no shame in having a side job to pursue your dream. I had to do that as well. I think all founders have to do that where exactly. you know, they work for, they work for somewhere part-time that allows them the mental break almost, and it's fun and you enjoy it. But it is important to have a part-time job to support yourself. And there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't mean that you're failing. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. It actually means that you're willing to do whatever the heck it takes to take a pay cut, work in a restaurant. I mean, I worked as a bartender in New York City when I was trying to get myself together. So whatever you have to do to get your 
passion project off the ground to become a business. And when I say yeah. become a business, it's it's a business once you start bringing in cash flow. And it's a business once you have clients. It's a business once you have things that are generating business for you. Until that, it's really a passion project that you really enjoy working on with that end goal in mind. Like you said, having that dream, that vision of what you want your life to look like, every single move that you're making, you're making strides to that. And the other piece of it that I loved, and I actually wrote down because I really love it because it goes really well together, is patience and pivoting. Because this is Conversation Couture was not my first business either. I think I failed on... (laughs) no less than at least four businesses before I made this one successful. It's mind blowing to me when people give up so quickly because it's not giving up. It's just pivoting. Something didn't work. You had to move it and shake it and make it into something that's going to actually work for you and having the patience to like fall back on your heels and say, okay, (laughs) this didn't work. I'm going to give myself some grace here and pivot. So patience and pivoting incredible. I I absolutely love that piece of it. Definitely. And I think we go to school. Some schools are different. Most colleges, I would say, train you to become an employee more or less. There's really no training to become an entrepreneur. And that's what all of these pivots are. It's like, I took this semester and I didn't do so well. (laughs) I'm going to learn that that's not maybe what I'm going to major in, you know? And I completely agree. I'm, I'm a big fan of just dabbling in a small scale and just trying everything um, if you're interested. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had a, had a similar experience. No failures. No failures, just tons and tons of lessons. And yep. tr- truly like all of the failures that I had in business, and I'm sure all the failures that you had, we didn't feel like they were failures. And at the time, it was just kind of like, okay, well, that didn't work. Now I have to try something new. And it's yeah. staying positive with it. Just being like eternally optimistic and positive is where entrepreneurs get the phrase, you're crazy. Because when everything is on fire and burning around you, you're like, oh, well, you know, there's like a little glass of water over there that I can throw at that flame to like make it lower. So it's just eternally optimistic and positive. It's that mindset that we all have to have. And it's amazing because you're being so modest, what you're growing and what you're building is something that can benefit female founders across the globe. And having one centralized location for it all, it doesn't just happen overnight. You know what I mean? How long did you spend on creating Shop the Muse? So the website branding build probably took about three months which is actually pretty impressive, I would say. Um, About 50% of that was branding and then 50% was the web development, which I love my team. They're excellent. They did such a a great job. Still trying to make edits and things to it, but exactly like what you said, it's not just an e-commerce marketplace. There's a lot of moving pieces. We have lots of sellers. There's shipping policies and returns to consider. There's so many little things, but I'm really proud. We've built a super stable foundation that's extremely scalable. So pretty easy onboarding process integrates into the seller's uh, platforms and things. So yeah, honestly, uh, three months of that, but yeah, now it's probably, it's been a couple of weeks since we launched. So I remember launch date and it's like this adrenaline rush of like, Oh my gosh, okay. All this stuff is working. All this stuff is together. And I have all these cool brands and Oh my gosh, this is wild. Now, how in the heck do I get my name out there? So it's, 
It's interesting. So congratulations on the launch. Um, it's it's very exciting to to get something that you've been working on for so long and with so many so many pivots up and running. You learn on the job so much and you learn how to do these things in such a grand scale. It's it's really fascinating to me how we then revert to the basics of what business is and having to educate ourselves constantly. When you were doing when you were creating Shop the Muse, were there certain things that you said to yourself I have no idea how to do this. And how did you pivot from that and say, all right, I got to figure this out though. So what was maybe an example or or what that was? Funny because working at Deloitte, I that was really good at being like the multifunctional tool. Like I would just go into a project and have to figure it out. So I'm really good at figuring things out, especially like on the computer with my website, like I will find a way. I would say the biggest challenge for me was even from the beginning years ago, before I even had this idea, social media, especially in terms of just being the front face was always a challenge for me. It was just never something I personally did. I never shared really anything to have to then open up like my life and my business. It's extremely vulnerable, way more so than even just posting about like the good parts of my life, like posting about my my dreams and my business and um, all of these things. So that was a huge multi-year, something I still work to overcome. But I think that's just a lot of personal development, right? I think um, when everybody told me that when you sign up for entrepreneurship, you're signing up for self-development work, I thought I was prepared for it, but they were very right. (laughs) You really have to address all the shadows. So that's definitely one of them. And just being really confident in it's less about me and I'm I'm doing it for these businesses. And if I want them to do well and succeed, I I will do whatever it takes. So that means that I will put the camera on and 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 do what I need to do. Yeah, but definitely a lot of mental hurdles to get there. Social media, I think, has to be one of the biggest challenges. I used to live such a private life and um now you just can't if you want to grow something. You have to be vulnerable and put yourself out there. It's I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in this whole journey is with vulnerability brings solutions and with vulnerability brings brand awareness. And so it's kind of like putting yourself out there is really scary because it's we live in cancel culture and putting yourself in a position to be scrutinized. But I think you make a really beautiful and valid point where it's it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about my business and it's about what it does for every other business. Yeah. It's about the benefit that it can bring to other female founders. It's the benefit where it can be a difference of them making $1,000 a day to $100,000 a day. And how do we get them there? So yeah. it's not about us. It's about bringing more brand awareness, bringing more shoppers to shopping local or shopping with minority owned companies like ours. And it's, it's such a beautiful place to be in, to have that shift where it's like, okay, I know I have to go batch these reels right now. And I have to go, you know, think about some of the cool things that have been popping around in my mind. One of the things that I love to do is I have a, a notes, the notes app on my phone. I'll, whenever I'm out and about and I'm doing something, I'll write down a quote or two that just pops into my head. And I find that like that helps with inspiration when you have to sit down and be like, all right, 
what do I want to say here to, to make it, make it impact, make it impression. What is it, if you were to give some just advice for these incredible founders, these female founders that you work with, we have so many that listen to the podcast. What advice would you want to share with them? If you had them in a room, like you and I today. That's a tough one. There's so many things I want to say. I think I have two major ones. One, I think everything that we truly want is usually on the other side of fear. Usually when we have a lot of resistance in some area, there's a reason either that we shouldn't be going down that path or we're really on the right path. And it's, we need to overcome this hurdle to get what we're really looking for. So whether that's like leaving the job, asking that person on a date, moving to a new city, all of those things are scary, but could lead you to that dream that you have in mind. That's a big one for me. I try not to let fear run my decisions. And then the other one, my biggest thing, I just want women to love themselves the way that I do. Like I just see so much value and um, so much like beautiful hard work in all of these founders. And I think it's really easy when you're just focused in your own silo and on your own business to kind of lose sight of how amazing it is that what you're working on and what you're doing and how far you've come. So truly, I just want everyone to like walk in their own self-love. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love, love, love those. I actually wrote down the one um, that you said originally, the first one, everything we do is on the other side of fear. I think that that is so beautifully said. It's so true. Everything that we're scared of doing, it's so important to not be driven by fear and have those be why you're making the decisions you're making, because you can't make any strides if you're just constantly afraid of either failing or whatever, whatever it may be, or putting yourself out there being vulnerable, which is necessary as a business owner. Oh my gosh, I loved it. That's fabulous, fabulous advice. You know, I am just genuinely curious, what are you excited about in the next couple of months or year with Shop the Muse? What's, what's on the, what's on the horizon here? I cannot wait to meet some people in person. I think, I think that's the biggest thing that I'm so excited about is everyone getting back into like in-person events and things. So just seeing all of these opportunities uh, crop up for next year is super exciting for me, Um, as well as like collaboration opportunities with some of these groups. I think that's the biggest thing that I am really looking forward to. I've been fortunate to have some really awesome conversations with some people, and I just hope to continue that so that we can all just collaborate and all benefit from each other. So when I'm thinking about all of these brands that you're bringing together and all these female founders that you're bringing together, I just envision this really massive event over a weekend where they all come to one location to learn about all these incredible brands in one location over one long weekend. It, it's just, that's what I envision. I'm like, oh, I can totally see that happening in the future. Oh, and well, I can't uh, wait for you to join. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's just really cool what you've done. Just thank you so much for, for all of your time and your topics and really streamlining the message. So it's, it's of no surprise that you're a successful entrepreneur and business owner. So thank Thank you you. so much. And I would love to have you back on anytime. I can't wait to watch your journey throughout all of this. So, and congratulations again on the launch a couple of weeks ago. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I hope to connect. If anyone is listening and wants to reach out, please. I'm always happy to have a direct conversation, but also just thank you so much for having me. Thanks for the opportunity. Can't wait to come back. Absolutely. And so everyone knows where to find you. Let's just, you know, promote yourself. Where can they find you? Yeah. 
pretty much on all social, Instagram, TikTok, et cetera. All of it is shopthemuse.co. Pretty easy to find us there. Thank you so much, Alexis. And I cannot wait to continue this conversation. Awesome. Me too. 